up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, as always with Bath, as we always say, it's the hope that kills you. Um, Hugely disappointing Sunday of rugby for Bath, drawing against Saracens, leaving the top four hopes out of our hands. It's good to see you, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Um, yeah, I never in, in rugby history has uh, a draw felt so much like a loss. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty devastating. Um, obviously, having having played so well early doors, having looked so bright, um, and obviously other results not quite going our way means that, yeah, um, to be honest with you, a bit of deja vu. We knew absolutely nothing about what was going to happen in the last podcast we did only a few days ago, and we're really in the, in, in the same situation now. Yeah, unfortunately... When on when we spoke before the game, it was clearly in our hands. A win would have been enough uh, for Bath on Sunday, as I'm sure you know if you're listening. Um, 17-3 up with 17 minutes to go. Uh, a, a collapse, I guess, is the right word, to 17-all. Um, leaving Bath currently in fourth position. Uh, obviously, the Sale-Worcester game due to be played on Wednesday night. Um, I don't think it's confirmed that that's definitely going to go ahead. If that doesn't go ahead, uh, Bath will finish in fourth and have a away trip to Sandy Park on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and if it does go ahead and Sale win, with or without a bonus point, Bath will finish the season in fifth place. Um Colin, Tom, let's talk a little bit about this game then on Sunday because I don't think looking ahead really does us any favours because, as you say, um, there's no, it's very unclear even on tonight on Monday night whether that game's going to go ahead. So let's look at the game and, and yeah, um, I guess we'll talk about why we ended up losing, well, why we ended up drawing the game, as you say, feels like a loss a little bit later. But let's try and spin a little bit positively to start. What an incredibly impressive first half, first 60 minutes from Bath. It was just it was just awesome. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's many times that I felt kind of as proud to be a Bath fan as I did. All eyes on that game, you know, BT Speed 1, on BT Sport 1, so... Um, much talk in the build-up about how important it was for both sides. Harrison's obviously those guys going out and, and their legacy and, and the end of an era. And Bath obviously looking to make the top four, um, having built so much momentum uh, in the period since since lockdown. And we came out in awful conditions. I mean, they you know it was it was lashing down with rain. It was kind of that sideways rain where um, uh, it looks absolutely grim out there. And as they have done so many times in, in these last few weeks, our big name players really stood up against, you know, some world-class opposition, Toje, Vunapola, um, et cetera, Jamie George, et cetera. And I thought, you know, I thought, I thought, as we said before, everyone played their part and everyone was, um, was, was absolutely <laughs> everywhere in the pitch, tearing about. We looked so up for the, Sam Underhill, um, talk about big name players, just, Smashing blokes, yeah. left, right, Ben Spencer, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I'm running out of superlatives to, to describe him in that in that first half. Um, yeah, 
just brilliant. Anthony Watson as well being the other one from fullback in those conditions. Fantastic. So yeah, we, we just looked so sharp, G. Um, we, we, looked, we looked on top of them. Um, we obviously got those, those couple of scores. Um, was that, were they both in the first half? I believe. Yeah, 17 minutes. We were 14 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> the first 17 for us and the last 17 for them, really. Yeah, I know. Um, you know with, with the Barno, just as he always does, finding that extra bit of power close up and getting over the line. And then Ben Spencer, incredible against his old club, um, having taken a few cheap shots from Richard Wigglesworth, seeing um, and having the nous to, um, to, to, to take that quick tap and score. Fantastic stuff. Um, I think the only thing I'd say, G, was just penalty count. I feel like I think it was I think it was ten penalties to two or something in that first half or, or there or thereabouts. Um, obviously, letting them off the hook, and also, uh, I guess you know if 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 it if that hadn't been so one sided, we probably would have got a couple of other opportunities. Mm. Um, really felt like another try in that first half, and and we potentially would have would have, would have put the game to bed. So um, so so close, really. Yeah, I mean, we look more energetic than Saracens. Saracens, to be quite honest, looked pretty fatigued uh, and kind of a little bit rudderless and, and leader leaderless. I think they certainly looked like they were missing Brad Barrett, uh, uh, Good, and um, Owen Farrell in that back line in particular. I thought they they kind of looked as though they played their season out in Europe the previous weekend. And on the contrary, Bath were clearly just so. Kind of yeah, energetic and more powerful, more physical. Yeah, the guys that you um, you highlighted there, Tom, were were absolutely key. I also think that Mike Williams made a real impact from six, crashing mm. about, and Josh McNally in particular um, mm. at the mall. Josh McNally's mall defence in that first half was 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 excellent because you say our, our discipline was appalling, and it meant that Saracens were getting plenty of opportunities in our half in our 22 um, often going to the corner but McNally seemingly uh, and Williams uh, on one occasion swimming through the mall and, and getting on the ball and causing that turnover Falatau as well winning line outs which would cost us unfortunately in the second half but he was great yeah the whole pack fantastic Tom and, and as you say it did feel like we could and should have been more than 14-3 up and I think our great defence was exemplified by the fact that Saracen did get three points. They got a penalty inside our half in that first half. And you'd think that Saracen's side, particularly who'd already been relegated, so had nothing really to play for, went for sticks instead of going for the corner with the pack that they picked, which is a testament to the defence of, of, of the whole Bath pack. And yeah, it was one of the best 40 minutes we've played in a long time, especially given that kind of how much was was riding on it for us. We didn't go into our shells at all. And, and yeah, it was extremely, uh, yeah, extremely promising first half. And I really did think that kind of, as you say, if we'd scored either another try in that first half or a try early on in the second half, we could have put that game to bed and, and won it quite comfortably. It wasn't to be, but yeah, hugely, hugely impressive stuff. Yeah, I think you've yeah. summarised it. So yeah, moving. Yeah, I think. From, oh, I was going to say a couple of things. I, I was going to say I completely agree on, on all of that. Two very good um, lineouts in operation, which I just enjoyed watching. Mm. Um, you know, Georgia Toje, etc. Clearly, um, clearly top class. We managed to steal a couple, as you said, and the Bath lineup functioning. Um, yeah, really well, um, as you mentioned. But um, yeah, just just a little bit of ill discipline. I think the other thing we we should say is that we did have a wind in that first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spencer's just incredibly, and, and Preston, to be fair, both incredibly um, accurate in terms of the depth of those kicks. 
and making Elliott Daly come out of his 22 and, and take those high balls. A couple of times, he didn't quite get the bounce of the ball, little knock-on here and there, which again, um, you talk about bounce of the ball going into the second half. If one of those uh, goes to hand, um, then um, then it could be a, a very different story, G. And, and, you know, you've got to say, coming into that second half, um, which I think we should, we should move on to, two pretty huge tries, potential tri-scoring opportunities um, that, that, that followed one another. Firstly, with with Miles Reed um, right on that on that right wing, um, with the, with the two on one, it was you know it was a difficult ball to get away, a difficult pass to to, to get away, uh, but um, not quite able to find Rocco Aguni out on the out on the right wing there, um, and then another kind of half charge down, ball goes loose, um, you know, and the ball can't doesn't quite bounce correctly into into Sam Underhill's arms, and um, yeah, if, you know, if either of those goes to hand. Like you say, next score would have been pretty critical, um, and that might have been might have been game over. So, um, Rocco's got to be deeper there. That's just that's, that is rubbish wing play. He's got to be deeper coming onto that ball. He's he's an experienced winger. He should know that. Reed can't get that pass away with that defender coming in. If, if Rocco's that flat, that was really really poor. And and, and Thorkinsiga made a, an error or two errors in that second half. And those, those wingers really didn't um, exactly have their best game, particularly in that second half. On the underhill one though, I do think that there was a knock on in in the build up. So I do think if he had collected that, they may have gone back and picked up a bath knock on from the kick. But yeah, it could have been. But the point stands. I mean, it's it's fine yeah. margins. Like you, you talk about that like that final try um, that that Swinson, I think it was scored. Um, you know, we turned over that line out, and if Atoje gets uh, the slightest touch on that in in the air, which he didn't, then that's the same point. That's a that's a slight knock on, um, and, and 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 you know it, it's our ball. So um, yeah, not that we would have wanted a a scrum. I don't think at that point in the match. No, so Reese nails a pen, Tom, on 45 minutes into the wind to make it three points to 17. This is the score then on the 63rd minute mark. I think, you know, aside from those two chances not quite going to hand for Bath, what else went wrong? Why did we throw away a 14-point lead with, with the playoffs kind of at our feet? It's, just, it's such a strange one. I didn't think I'd be, I'd be sitting here saying this to you. And, and Stuart Hooper seemed as kind of um, incredulous as, as I think um, most Bath fans are. And it was, it was just a set piece and, and particularly the scrum that, that started to go, um, you know, pretty, pretty wrong and, and pretty backwards um, pretty quickly. And it's just so surprising, you know, they, their first choice loose had Barrington pulled out early doors. Um, I thought to myself when I heard that, this is a huge opportunity now for Will Stewart to, uh, to get a bit of dominance in, in that area. And he just, he just couldn't. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to, 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 to say why that is. Um, you know, the, the fair play to the loose head who came in, he, he, he looked strong, artificial pitch as well. Um, slightly different kind of for, for, for scrummaging in terms of getting your, getting your grip and getting your feet. Other than that, I, I just think for some reason they, they were able to get dominance and, uh, you know, a slight nudge I think they had on us in the first half and that, you know, quickly turned into, um, uh, kind of a uh, kind of more significant advantage when um, kind of the replacements the replacements came on. Um, uh, you know, we brought on Christian Judge. He, he couldn't um, he couldn't really stop the stop the rot either. So um, yeah, a few penalties at scrum time, I think, um, which, which made you know, sort of from a territorial point of view meant they were right down in our twenty two. 
Um, very difficult for us to exit as well with the wind against us in that second half. Uh, and, and, you know, any error from us in terms of a knock-on um, or, or, you know, in those conditions, obviously very easy to, to knock the ball forwards. And we knew that anything like that meant Sarri's scrum and ultimately meant Sarri's penalty. Um, and it ultimately, it just felt like a, a bit of a matter, matter of time there before that, that penalty try came along. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I, I was, I was very concerned at that point that you know potentially yellow cards going to come out as well. Yeah, yeah, the scrum did. Um, yeah, it let us down in that that last twenty minutes, and it was really surprising, Tom, because I think we both agreed in our preview podcast that if we could keep it close with twenty minutes to go, and then bring on our substitutions with our bench probably looking the stronger of the two benches, then we'd have a great chance of turning it around. And it was the complete opposite of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it's one thing I, the one thing I identified as the advantage, um, as it turned <laughs> out, um, was I think the thing that turned it in their favour. So I think this is my, um, I'll sign off after this podcast, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and, and you, you, you just got to hold your hands up and say, say fair play. Um, I, don't think, I don't think you can have any complaints or any of the decisions, to be honest. Um, I, I just think we, we got a bit out-muscled in that, in that last 20 minutes. Did we put everything we had into that first 20 minutes you know we came out we had so much energy as you said did we just put too much in you uh, know out there too early um yeah. I, I know, do think we also had guys we also had guys coming off the bench too, as you mentioned who pr- pretty rusty to be honest I mean Falcon Seager um probably in particular um yeah 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 I think as well we, we did freeze a little bit and we kind of it just got a the sense that we stopped and we were waiting for them to make an error that would let us get a penalty and kind of take it to more than to take it to three scores and it just looked as though in kind of the biggest moment of our season we just didn't take it we just kind of sat back a bit and Sarri's is such an experienced side that they just smelt blood in the water and, and they, they they jumped on it you can see when they scored that penalty try the reaction of all the players they knew that we were on the ropes and, and, and kind of yeah, it it, it it showed that they were a team that were used to, the players were used to being in those sorts of situations. And unfortunately, uh, for a lot of those Bath guys, then they, they've not been in those situations in the Premiership for, for a long time. And I do think that experience kind of really told in that last 20 minutes. Yes, yeah, Stuart Hooper mentioned it in his, his kind of post-match interview with, um, I think it's BBC Radio Bristol. Uh, it's always kind of post on Twitter and it's always kind of actually quite a good interview with kind of sensible questions which is obviously not always the case um, in, in kind of rugby, rugby broadcasting and he made that exact point he said that Saracens are what? It was honestly it was shocking over the weekend I thought anyway um, <laughs> it's just shocking but yeah it, yeah, he, he made that exact point he, he, he said you know, Saracens are probably better than any team um, that he has played against, or sorry, that he, you know, in, in, in Europe, I think, um, at just creating those little pockets of energy. Um, yeah. And I think at times it's over the top, like at times it's, it's kind of almost feels like goading and, and celebrations. Um, and he has a lot of moanings as a referee, Elliot Daly, um, I thought in particular, so much appealing and, and as an experienced guy, I feel, feel, feel like he... He let himself down there. Didn't didn't set a particularly good example, but it's not just through the you know the shouts and the and the jeers almost. But it's also they just know exactly the moment to just turn up the intensity a little bit. They know when they've got you um, mm. by the little bit, and um, I think that that just comes from season after season of being in a winning environment and knowing how to to win games and win competitions. Yeah. Um, and like you, 
we don't have that yet. Um, but I think if you look, you know, four or five years ago, prior to sort of Terry's dominance, nor did they. So it is something that you you can learn. Um, and I'm sure this kind of young playing group, well, I think, gee, my overriding emotion is, usually, I remember in the past when we've thrown um, wins away like that, we've just felt so frustrated at the, at the bottle and, um, you know, call it what you will, the mentality of the players. I, I, I didn't really... I didn't really feel like that. I don't know whether it's just because I kind of, as I say, have a bit of an overwhelming sense of pride for how well we've we've come back. You know, top of the table since um, since since lockdown. Um, some incredible uh, results on the road in Sale, for example. And, and I, I, you know, I think ultimately it may it might it might, it might not um, might not happen now if if Sale can can play on Wednesday. Um, but I think we can take a lot from this season and we can carry this momentum directly into next season, which, you know, let's not forget, let's not forget, um, is, is about six weeks away now. Mm. Yeah, I think the overriding emotion for me is just, it's just, it's not, yeah, I think frustration, it would have been previously, it's just disappointment because I know that it was there for the taking and a 17-all draw against Saracens any other season away is a fantastic result and it's important to kind of consider A, that and B, kind of, I was not an- anticipating this the, like having a game on the last weekend to get maybe get home semi-final or to get a semi-final I never anticipated that at the start of the season I didn't anticipate it on the restart of the season so I just think it's just so yeah it's just really disappointing but at the same time you're right when you say we have kind of seemed to have struck gold with some of these players that we've signed and the coaching seems to be going in the right direction so it is hugely optimistic in that sense I think the only thing I would kind of counter that by saying Tom is that a lot this is a season where a lot of these guys have been available for for all of it and then looking ahead to next season you know the number of England and Wales and international players we're going to get out of this team is is going to be remarkable and and the likelihood is that playing group will probably never play again together like that because of injuries and because of international call-ups and I think it's something ridiculous like England players are going to miss 11 of the first 14 yeah. rounds of the Premiership next season. And, and Bath are going to have a huge chunk of that. So Yeah, sure. Yeah. But it's the, it's the price you pay for mm. trying to develop good English talent. And there are teams out there that will barely lose any internationals. Yeah, I know. But Premiership. And fair enough. That's, that's fine. But um, I think... I, I, yeah, I think you're right. But There's still a bit like an opportunity missed. With this Sorry, playing group. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. And let's not forget, it's not missed yet. We, we don't know what's going to happen with yeah. it. Um, you know, the, um, like you say, it's, it's ongoing. It seems like, well, from, from what I understand anyway, that there are some, um, some, some details that have come out uh, around potentially players having left the bubble and left the, the training ground following the Premier Rugby Cup win, potentially gone into, gone into town, sale have denied that. But I think that's kind of the reason for this um, PRL or RFU, I think it is actually um, investigation. Presumably we'll hear the result about of that tomorrow. Um, I, I don't know. For me, there's an element of it potentially would be bittersweet if we got into that that top four. Uh, I think Stuart Hooper said the same thing. I think he always speaks so well. He... You know, he he would much rather it be decided on the pitch rather than um, you know factors kind of off the pitch and and kind of outside of of, of Bath's control. Um, and I you know I, I kind of agree with him from 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 that perspective. Um, so we will, we will see what happens. My, my, my sense is that potentially um, it, it won't happen on 
on Wednesday, G. Um, I don't know what you think, but as I say, that's um, yeah, it's a bit, of, a bit of a wild prediction. It it does seem wild that it's even considering going ahead. To be honest with you, Casper yeah. had to cancel their quarter final in, in Europe. I think they had four positive sets. So if they had sixteen, it's wild that they're even considering playing it. But um, and Castro could have beaten Leicester with only eleven players as well. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and if you were a Saints fan, you'd be really annoyed because they've you know. They um, had a chance to potentially make Champions Cup places, and they had their game the Gloucester. I think they had that completely completely cancelled. Um, they applied for additional uh, players to come in on a short term basis, and were told by PRL they couldn't do that. Now, apparently, Sale have been told that they are allowed to do that. So um, it seems like um, you know, uh, kind of a one rule for all, and then another for um, if your name's Steve Diamond. But um, I don't know. We'll we'll um, we'll see what happens. And I think if the likes of uh, Delhi Sonomona, um, Marlon Yard, etc., have, um, as they have done in the past, been out on the out on the town following the cup win. Um, I don't think PRL um, will look too kindly on that, even if uh, you know they've got Steve Diamond um, um, in the rear. Mm. So yeah, I think that's kind of a bit of a strange one, given that we don't know if Bath uh, are going to have another game this season. Uh, if we do, it will be at Sandy Park uh, at, at four o'clock on Saturday. Um, which kind of does feel a little bit like lambs to the slaughter. But, you know, given they may take their eye off the ball with the, the Champions Cup final the, the following weekend, Bath could have a chance. If we play like we played in the first 60 against the we've, we've, we've definitely got a chance. Like, yeah, I, I think it's obviously a tough game. But um, as I think I saw a lot of people say in the lead up to the Saris game, you know, you've got to be the best to, to you've got to beat the best to be the best. And I think that, yeah, we may not be there yet, but, yeah, you know, we've got to start, we've got to start challenging properly against this, this top opposition. And it will be a really good yardstick, G, if it does happen. Um, you know, the last game before lockdown, we got absolutely pumped by Exeter at Sandy Park, I believe. Um, so it'll be a good yardstick to kind of how far we've come on. I expect that, um, you know, we'll have, we'll have come on a lot. And just one, one more thing for me. It was really funny. I was thinking about... Um, this is potentially the only, well, I can't think of another time where two teams uh, have finished a rugby game, Bath and Saracens, and neither has any clue when their next game is. You know, <laughs> no idea what the fixture list next season is in the championship, when they're going to Doncaster, Cornish Pirates, etc. Uh, you know when we're next playing as well. So um, very, very strange, very, very strange uh, circumstances, G. But ultimately, you know, we looked dejected as we should. Saracens looked... Um, you know, jubilant as they potentially should. Um, but ultimately, these are two teams going in in very different directions, and we should, uh, yeah, we should do well to remember that. Yeah, no, I think you being in positive spirits has definitely cheered me up, Tom, and hopefully it has. You're hung, you're hungover, aren't you? <laughs> I, uh, I must admit that um, on the full of that game, I did not want to stay and listen to Gallagher Premiership tonight with Steve Diamond and Hugo Monnier. Uh, I think, yeah, the boozer was a much better option. Um, so, yeah, definitely feeling a little bit more optimistic now, having spoken it through with you. Um, these this again starts to feel like a therapy session like it did at the back end uh, of last season when we were kind of throwing these defeats away but certainly reasons to be optimistic 
um, thick and thin, as we always say. Um, subscribe to the podcast, please, because we don't know when our next podcast is going to be. Um, if Bath are playing on Saturday, we will do a preview podcast before that. Um, if they don't play, then we're going to have an end of season uh, kind of wrap up podcast at some point in the next week or so. So just hit subscribe um, and that will deliver the podcast straight to your device. Get in touch with us across social media as well. Um, at Bath Rugby Plug and share the podcast around with your mates. Um, it's 20 minutes of Bath fans chatting about the weekend uh, and kind of hopefully trying to make you feel a little bit better that it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, Tom, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, I'll speak to you soon. Um, yep. yeah, refreshing Twitter with an update on the sale game to come. But um, in the meantime, stick behind the boys through thick and thin. <laughs>